Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, April 9th. In today's news, the measles outbreak is spreading. That Chinese woman captured with malware at Mar-a-Lago will spend at least another week behind bars. And Virginia wins March Madness. But first, the big idea. President Trump continued to dismantle the leadership of the Department of Homeland Security on Monday, announcing the imminent removal of U.S. Secret Service Director Tex Alice. A day after the president ousted Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, senior DHS officials remained in a fog about the fate of their agency's leaders, expecting more firings as part of a widening purge. One DHS official said, quote, they are decapitating the entire department. The instability extends to the Federal Emergency Management Agency, whose director, Brock Long, left DHS in February after supervising emergency and recovery efforts for massive natural disasters. Sources also tell us that Francis Cisna, the director of Citizenship and Immigration Services, and DHS General Counsel John Mitnick could be the next to go. Since the department's creation in the wake of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, successive presidents have viewed stability at DHS as a top priority for national security, counterterrorism efforts, and more broadly, the country's collective peace of mind. With nearly two dozen agencies and sub-agencies, DHS is responsible for safeguarding the country's immigration system, cyber networks, land borders, and coasts, as well as responding to natural disasters and protecting the country's public officials. But Trump is furious about the department's inability to reduce unauthorized migration to the United States, with one of his signature campaign issues devolving into a glaring failure. Several administration officials said Monday that Trump appears to be taking out his frustration on the entire DHS staff, convinced he needs a full house cleaning. Trump's struggles with immigration policy were further exacerbated on Monday when a federal judge in California blocked an experimental program that he has seen as the key to stemming the influx of migrants at the border. The program has sent hundreds of Central American asylum seekers back across the border to wait in Mexico while their asylum claims are processed. DHS officials view the policy as one of Nielsen's most significant initiatives. They were hoping to expand its use broadly across the southern border after testing it out in one location. And its halt leaves the department without one of the tools it's been counting on to deter more Central American migrants from making the journey north. Trump now wants to bring back family separations. He suggested to aides that going back to the policy of separating families at the border could deter crossings and that a version of the policy could be reinstated and pass muster in the courts. Some aides have resisted this idea to the president's face, citing the public backlash last summer and noting that Trump himself reversed it after months of denying that there was a family separation policy at all. Trump also wanted the border closed two weeks ago, but he was dissuaded by Nielsen, who's now gone, and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, among others. Nielsen has told confidants that she felt uncomfortable with many of the president's requests, particularly his desire to close the border. She has told friends and staff that the president does not understand many of the laws governing immigration. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, for the second week in a row, U.S. health officials added dozens of new reports to the year's list of confirmed measles cases, bringing the total for 2019 to 465, already the highest number in the past five years. 
It's another significant milepost on the road to what will probably become a record outbreak. The number of people sickened by the highly contagious, occasionally deadly disease climbed by 78 during the first week of April as four more states reported their first cases of the year. Now measles has been found in more than a third of the 50 states up and down both coasts across the Midwest and the South, with most of the illnesses occurring in children. Back in 2000, officials announced that they had eradicated measles in the United States. But public health experts say the surge is the result of parents not vaccinating their children, meaning that there are pockets and populations that are vulnerable in large part because not enough people are immunized. In a high-profile showdown in Rockland County, the epicenter of New York's worst measles outbreak in a generation, a judge has put on hold the controversial effort by local officials to ban unvaccinated children from public places. The judge's ruling handed down late Friday canceled a ban that would have remained in place for 20 more days. County Executive Ed Day said his goal was to stem the flow of measles cages, which totaled 167 since just last September. Number two, the Chinese woman charged with bluffing her way past security at Mar-a-Lago will stay in jail at least one more week after prosecutors said in court on Monday that she, quote, lies to everyone and authorities found suspicious electronics in her hotel room. Yujing Zhang, 32, was arrested on March 30th by Secret Service agents after she bypassed layers of security and got as far as the reception area of the club, which stays open for its members and their guests even when the president is there. The incident has amplified concerns that the resort where Trump spends so much time is difficult to secure. When Zhang was arrested, she was carrying a thumb drive with malicious software on it, four phones, a laptop, and a separate hard drive, authorities say. A subsequent search of her room turned up more that alarmed investigators. Nine thumb drives, five SIM cards, $8,000 in U.S. cash, several credit and debit cards, and a device used to detect hidden cameras. At Monday's detention hearing to determine whether she could be released on bond, Prosecutors argued that Zhang was a flight risk and therefore needs to remain in custody. Now, as part of Monday's hearing, Secret Service agent Sam Ivanovich testified about his questioning of Zhang and acknowledged a major misstep in the investigation's early hours. The agent said he documented about four hours of questioning on video, but when investigators played it back, they realized that audio of the conversation had not recorded. Ivanovich also testified that when the thumb drive they recovered from Zhang at the club was inserted into another agent's computer, a file immediately began to install itself. The agent, Ivanovich said, had never seen that happen before. Eek. The White House says Alice's termination as the Secret Service Director had nothing to do with the incident at Mar-a-Lago. And a law enforcement official says the computer was not connected to a government data network, so no sensitive information was put at risk. At least that's what they're saying. Number three, the University of Virginia won the March Madness Tournament, defeating Texas Tech in overtime, 85-77. to It was a, quite a game and quite a run for Virginia. The program has a 114-year history and a knack for deliberative basketball. Just last year, they had an unthinkable splat, but they spent Monday night climbing the last jagged rungs to a remarkable victory. The Virginia team knew a feeling long associated last night only with others like Duke and North Carolina, neighboring teams that have always left UVA among the overshadowed. Just when Virginia fans had grown so accustomed to seeing their teams choking and turning number one seeds into comedy, they flipped the perception. They turned the story into a redemption tale. They tossed the monkey on their backs. 
their demons and their haters to the rafters of U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. In the most incredible turnaround in tournament history, the team that lost to a number 16 seed last season returned this year, not angry, not broken, but transformed through humility and introspection. They won six straight games to claim the program's first national title. And this is great news for Charlottesville, giving the close-knit college town a chance to rewrite its story. For a town beset by controversy and tragedy, it was about more than just basketball. 20 months ago now, white supremacists descended on Charlottesville to protest the proposed removal of a statue of Robert E. Lee. Like so many other small communities that become settings for tragedies, the word Charlottesville became not just a place, but an event. That event came to signify the terrifying rise of white supremacy in America. It came to signify many things that people who love the community know it is not. For locals, last night's win signified a chance to turn the page and for the world to see another side of the lovely college town. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, April 9th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.